Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. All right, Aspire Leaders, first off, thank you so much for joining me this week. I know that in this crazy holiday season, it is hard to take a moment to just unwind or maybe find some piece of wisdom to help you in your leadership journey. And I I don't take that lightly. So thank you so much for joining me and my fantastic guest. This person, for one, is one that I would claim, and I'm not the only one that does this, claim the best keynote speaker that I have ever seen and heard before. And I've heard multiple people say that after the Teach Better conference, but I also have seen him in Arkansas. And man, what a brilliant mind, educator, family man. He's a husband, he's a father, he's a teacher, and a great musician. Mickey Smith Jr., thank you so much for joining me on Aspire to Lead. Man, Josh, thank you for having me, man. It's it's an absolute pleasure. And uh, all those things you said, look, I got to be real. I'm just aspiring, man. I'm aspiring. <laughs> At the end of the day, you know, I I, I say that because we had a gentleman that came here and worked with our students as a music educator. I have opportunities to bring in, you know, just world-class artists. And there's a gentleman by the name of Arturo Sandoval. He is one of the premier trumpet players, not just of our generation, but, you know, in the annals of history of trumpet, mm-hmm. you look back, he's like Mount Rushmore. So when we came in, we expected him to really speak, you know, from one direction with the trumpet. But one of the first things he said was, I'm not a trumpet player. Hmm. He said, I'm a trumpet learner. And I was like, wow. Like, it's true because, like, do you ever really figure out this thing, whether it's music or leadership? I think I'm a leader learner at the end yep. of the day. That's why I love this whole idea of aspiring, man. It ain't it ain't something we hope for. It's something we're being in the process. So thank you for letting me be with you and being here today, man. Mickey, it is such an honor. I one, I got to meet you, like I said, at the Teach Bear Conference, but I really value and honor the time that I had with you in Arkansas. Yeah, you know, man. we got to have dinner break together. Break bread, man. Yeah, break bread over the table with Jeff Gargas. And then also me and you just got to kind of explore hot springs and get to know each other a little bit more. And and to hear your story, I was just so excited to get you on the podcast because I wanted that to really, I wanted to amplify your voice and, and just share all the wonderful things that you're doing. So I'm so excited about this conversation today it's something that you know we both talked about uh, getting on the schedule for a while so i appreciate your time but you know i would love for you just to kind of share with those who don't know who you are about your journey about what you're doing in education and man how'd you become such a great speaker <laughs> that that in and of itself uh, <laughs> you know when 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 i hear people say that um i'm i'm first off, grateful and I'm humbled by it, but I'm also a little tickled by it, especially my parents, because honestly, I am I am probably one of the biggest introverts you'll ever meet. And growing up in my neighborhood, nobody really knows me. Like, it's crazy. I grew up in a small town, man. Like, it's like some people have a one, one streetlight sound. I was a one stop sign town. And my wife, who's from East Texas, uh, moved to Louisiana. We met in college. And once she started finding out the little community I'm from, she would run into people from that community. And they're like, oh, you probably know my husband. And everybody was like, I have no idea who he is. And after (laughs) a while, my wife was like, did you make that up? Are you actually from this town? 
And I'm like, yeah, I am. I just, I just, nope. I never talked. I was scared to death to talk to people. And now fast forward, even my mom is like, do you really speak? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So life is funny, man. It's uh, it, it, it opens up doors of opportunity. So the way all this came about was, was simply, you know, sharing my truth and seeing the need. Um, and I think teachers everywhere understand that if you're, if you're in this profession, and you've done it for any amount of time, you understand that what you do is more than teach. You know, you reach, you do more than instruct, you inspire. You're doing so much more than just subject matter. You're serving a greater need. And the opportunities that I've had to stand on stages have simply been because I see that there's pain points in our profession. I see that there are teachers that are that are that are running out the doors and they, they're they having a hard time sustaining themselves in the four walls and they need the encouragement. So what I've done is I've, I've dedicated um, much of myself to not just teaching students, but equipping educators and encouraging educators uh, to keep on going in this season. Because at the end of the day, you know, our children need us now more than ever, but somebody, somebody needs to be there for our educators. So I've, I've taken that and I travel the country now when I'm not teaching, I play hooky and, and I, and I go and I encourage educators with the motivational mixture of music and message that speaks singularly to the, to the idea that, Hey, We've got everything we need to keep on going and showing teachers how to do that in this season. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And you don't just stop there. I mean, when you're on the stage, it's not just about speaking, but you also are playing yeah. beautiful music. And I would love to hear your incorporation of, of those two loves that you have. Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, you know, for me, it's simple. If I figure if they don't like what I say, they like what I play. You know, you get, <laughs> you get something, but, 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 but in all seriousness, what I feel is this, I believe music is one of the few things that can bypass the brain and go straight to the heart. And when we're talking about teaching, it's such, it's such a work of art. It's a work of heart for people. It's so connected to our being. I believe that's why a lot of times, if I can just be so honest, sometimes we'll, we'll see these videos, these teachers that sometime, you know, like they snap. You're like, man, how, how do you get to that point? Because what we're doing is so personal. Yeah. And those kids take on such a personal tie that sometimes, you know, if, if you're not careful, you can be so busy with the professional development that you overlook the personal development. And we get in situations mm -hmm. where we're out of our, our normal self. So what I found is this. I'm like, hey, I've seen the effect music has on people. I lead with music. And I lead with music that's laced with lyrics of love that show people that this is more than just about subject matter. This is mm -hmm. something that can actually affect the lives of young people. But first, we have to take account of our own lives, because what I find is this, that for so many teachers, we do such a great job of behavior management, classroom management, but not self-management. And, and it doesn't mean necessarily discipline of the self, but it also at the same time pouring into oneself. So I just take that opportunity with my saxophone to pour into people and to fill up their spirit. And then once they feel better, I, I, I then it opens up the door for me to show you, hey, hey, if the music did that, let me show you how you can do that with your own personal sound. Because at the end of the day, we all have a sound mm -hmm. and our sound is not the audible. It's the internal significance that we bring that we must also replenish. So just showing teachers ways that they can keep their sound tank full, that they can do a sound check. And that's why the horn is so powerful because it's, it's that natural connection between that, that concept that I'm talking about and the reality of doing it every day. All right, Mickey. So I gotta, I gotta ask, is this from your own personal experience about, you know, 
having the tank go dry and trying to find that passion within? And if so, like, what are you trying to advocate for, for teachers to make sure that they're not feeling the same things that you potentially were feeling yourself? Oh, absolutely. Like, like, like I, I can just be real with you, man. Um, uh, teaching, um, in one of the lowest, um, paying states in the country with some of the fewest resources at the time that I was teaching also teaching, you know, I'm from Louisiana. So it was trial by fire and trial by storm. My first two years, my first year of teaching had two storms in two weeks, hurricane mm -hmm. Katrina and Rita, wow. um, and, and, and multiple ones, even <laughs> since then. Um, but there's so many challenges and you're dealing with trying to sustain a family and fighting insurance. Yep. And then you're the head of household making the whopping salary that a teacher in Louisiana makes. It's one of those things, pressure. A lot of times the pressure that teachers face doesn't just come singularly from uh, a lesson plan or observation, but it's just life in general. Um, and, and what I found was that if I didn't, if I wasn't proactive, if I wasn't intentional, about making sure that I had certain boundaries and certain perspectives in place, then what happened was I began to lose my sound and I began to be consumed by the noise, the uncertainty, the constant work, the pain, the pressure, all those things that, that happened to us all. That's not unique to any of us, uh, can cripple all of us. So I had to make sure that over time, I put things in place in my personal walk to help my professional endeavors. And now that I've seen the fruits and the benefits of that, uh, I believe generosity is my privilege. So now I'm, I feel like I'm blessed to be a blessing. So I share those things. You talk about the word aspire. I was looking at it just now. It says direct one's hopes or ambitions towards achieving something. And it's so interesting to me that as teachers, we understand the, the concept and the necessity and the essential nature of a lesson plan. But far too few of us have a life plan. And when I say a life plan, when you wake up in the day, is there a level of intentionality that comes with your steps? Because if you don't walk out with that intentionality, if you don't have that strong conviction and that strong idea of what it is you are and what it is you're setting to do, then life comes to rob, man. It comes to kill. It comes to steal. It comes to destroy. And and we see people that feel like they're being robbed of their passion, robbed of their purpose. And it is true. Life does that. But I believe that we can put some parameters up in our daily walk and our daily action to help preserve our purpose so that we walk right into our promise. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, every day is not perfect. And I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm a little tired today, but but I'm energized by my purpose and my passion. And I never lose that. And I'm I'm always grateful and aware of that, that that's an important element to anything that we do in the classroom. Yes. I love this idea, Mickey, of a life plan. And I think that does probably go to a, the wayside to a lot of folks just due to like you said, the busyness of not only the job, but the personal life. And if you're a husband and you've got kids or your wife and you've got yeah. kids, you know, that's that's a lot coming at you at once. And so I want to touch on that because obviously, you know, it's great for them, you know, the, the listeners to hear this wisdom, but it's another to actually have an action plan yeah. moving forward. Right. And yeah. that's what we want to do. And and that's what you speak on too, Mickey. So, you know, for that life plan, I'm, I'm looking at your resume, your rap sheet, if you will, Mickey, and you've got awards, you've got books, you've got podcasts, you've got speaker, teacher, musician, whatnot. And I'm just wondering, like, what on earth did you put in your life plan? Because man, you are <laughs> rocking it. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, you know, there, there's really nothing special about me. But there is something significant about me. And, and I say that from the standpoint, there's really nothing special about any of us. Not one of us is any better than the other person. 
but there is a significant nature to us all. And far too many people uh, live this thing called life without ever realizing their significance or worse yet, they live their life and their significance is not realized until life is over. Uh, 2019, just prior to the Grammys, prior to pandemics or anything else that we knew, I lost seven family members in one year, family members and friends. And it was not related to to any one particular thing or an illness. It was a multitude of things, age, sickness, uh, homicide, murder, just a, a number of things that you realize after you go to so many funerals, two things I realize and talk about priorities. Number one, you I call it I call it the funeral rule. I call it the pew rule uh, when I prioritize people. I always think now who's going to be on the first two pews, the first two rows. That's one thing I noticed that was that was striking to me. And I know somebody's listening like, man, how do we go from the classroom to the to the to the church or whatever? But if, if you just indulge me when when I was look at all these funerals, two things struck me that the people that were of most significance were always placed in the first two pews, first two rows. And it got me to thinking, am I prioritizing my pew people? Not to say that other things don't matter, but oftentimes I feel like we prioritize the wrong things. And look, I am not here to wag the finger at anybody. These are things I have to remind myself daily because I had to remind myself last week. I said, my wife needs me. I got to stay plugged in. I wish I would have recognize that before she actually told me. I promise. I knew it. <laughs> I thought about it that morning, but by the time I got home, she tried to tell me. And I'm like, oh, my honey, I, I really, I knew, I knew. But I know in my heart, I already prioritized before she even brought it up. Right. And I say it for this reason, you know, teaching is a wonderful profession, but there's going to be some people that are going to be there after the bell rings, after the school doors close. And we have to make sure that we that we keep those people close to us as well, too, because those people don't come at shouldn't come at the expense of our classroom. And our classroom really doesn't come at the expense of them. What happens is one helps the other, because when we're strong in one area, we become strong in the other one. The other rule I realized is I call it my my legacy song. I believe that our life when it's lived right is a sound. But I believe a life to well live is a song. And the best songs that I've ever had have lyrics to them. When I went to these funerals, you realize that you live your whole life to have it capsulated in two to three paragraphs. And you talk about the accolades and I'm grateful for them and I, I'm aware of them. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm, I'm a seven time teacher of the year. I'm a National Grammy Music Educator Award recipient. I hold many, many uh, certifications, citations and accolades. But before all that, I'm the husband to Eugenia. I'm the dad to William and Michaela. Doesn't mean I get it right every day, but I understand who I am. And I, and I understand that I have, my life is not my own. And that's a blessing. That's a blessing. And so many times more than not, we don't see the blessings that come from who we are and what we do. And I believe big part of that is because we are so consumed in our society with our to-do list. We cut at the expense of it, our to-be list. And at the end of the day, we're called human beings and not human doings. Shakespeare said to be or not to be. I say that's, that's the answer. It's not the question. When you know you're being, you have everything. So what does that mean for somebody? That means starting out your day as a Vic, V-I-C. And, and, and what does that mean? Well, I, I challenge whoever's listening and watching today to take some time to set up your Vic. You know, back in the day, Law and Order Special Victims Unit, my man Ice-T, he called him the Vic. 
And the, I always thought that was so slick. Like it was the victim, but it sounded kind of <laughs> cool. Scenario was anything but cool. Man, he made it sound cool. The Vic, the Vic. Well, what is the Vic? I believe the Vic is the difference between being a victor and a victim. Hmm. And as educators, we have the capacity and we have the ability each and every day to be victors despite what things may look like. And I believe it comes from having three elements. And if you're listening to this, I want to challenge you to write this down. I call it the VIC. The first thing is to have vision. You know, without vision, people perish. And so many people walk into a classroom without having a perspective of what they want. What do you want this classroom to be? Because if we don't set a blueprint, think about it. If you're trying to build a building, the first thing the architects are going to do is, is get the schematics down. They're going to draw it. They're going to write it down. You can have all the proper tools. You could have all the personnel, the manpower. You can have all the finance. You can have everything. If you don't have a blueprint, it's very likely that the construction will take you to a place you never envisioned. But so many times we're trying to build a school year that we haven't first put down on paper. What type of school year do you want this year? Don't leave it to chance. Don't leave it to happenstance. I would even say most things in life don't happen by happenstance, but by habit stack. Small things done well stacked on top of each other over time. But that's a matter of having vision that's followed by intentionality. That's the I. So you can't be intentional about what you can't see. I know that because when I try to walk the house, if the lights go out, it's very hard to be intentional when you lack vision. It's very hard to navigate even the home that you know, love, and grow up in. It can be quite an arduous journey to navigate even a familiar place when it's pitch black. And so many people are trying to navigate a life where there is no vision. I want to challenge you today to take some time. And it's so small. It's not anything deep today. I want to challenge you today. Think about it. What is it that you want? I, I know we all had vision because in those college courses, they made you write your philosophy down. And it's in that binder somewhere that you that you put in the back of the closet and forgot all about. You know, we, we yeah, I, I don't know about you, Josh. They made us they made us write all this stuff down. Oh, you yeah. Big old binder. Yeah. I don't and know you, where it is. <laughs> and, you know, when you when you're in college, you're on fire, man. You're on fire. You got this, yep. this philosophy, this vision. And then slowly but surely life and the career starts pecking away and chipping away at things. But I would I would challenge you to go back and look again for the first time. And take some time today and say, what is my vision? Don't don't look at the problems. And I'm not here pie in the sky. I'm going to give you some stuff today to that, that's really easy to implement into your daily, everyday interactions. But I want to challenge you today. Don't look at the problems alone. See, problems are meant to be recognized. Don't be ignorant to them. You can recognize the problems, but commit to the solutions. Commit to the solution. So, so what is the solution? The solution is that site, is that, is that thing that I saw from the day one that I believe can still be. Every year I write down what I want my school year to look like. And then watch this, I do something crazy. I ask my students, what do they see? And we go around with little post-it notes and pieces of paper and I get everybody to write down what their dream, their vision, their, their ideal for this school year is. Then I take all of those things and from it, I read all those things that those students write and I create a tailor-made school year for them. And I and I what I do is if they want to do a certain thing, uh, for example, our students want to play at a, a Miami Heat game, which is really unprecedented. They don't really let schools do this, but we play the halftime show at the Miami Heat game. But I explained to them in order to get to point Z, we got to go A, B, C, D. Well, there's a bunch of letters we got to hit. And those objectives, those those standards, those benchmarks create milestones that lead to our promise. I call it the promised land. 
I don't make the promise, but it's the it's the it's the hope or the promise that that they aspire to. And it gives them promise. It gives them something to look forward to. It gives me the thing that helps me aspire to lead as well, because now I got something that kind of motivates me. We all need it. Matter of fact, we just had our recent band concert and I did the same thing. I had all the students fill out their own little personal assessment and their feedback of what they thought they did and what they think should come next. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a, a plan of action. I call it my management action plan, my map. Dora had one. I figure I can have one, too. And we set the map for the second semester. But how many people have actually taken time to ask the students what they want or first ask themselves what they want? I challenge you today. Write a vision down. Once I know what they want, I write down exactly what the school year is going to look like and what it's going to be. Then I can operate from intentionality. And then my classroom has consistency. It has a consistency because it's steeped in intentionality that's fueled by vision. Powerful stuff, Mickey. I hope everyone was writing that down as <laughs> Mickey was going through that, making sure that they're looking at their Vic. Mickey, there's some exciting news coming up. I know yeah. that you got a new book coming out with DBC, and I would love for you just to share about where the concept came from, like, and then also like why did you feel so passionate about this topic and and wanting to get it out to the world? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so our book is is helping educators do what I call see your sound. And we talk about see your sound. It goes back to that idea that we all are carrying something. Listen, listen, when you think about your favorite teacher, you don't think first and foremost about an assessment, lesson plan. Uh, matter of fact, I would even say more times than not, you don't even really think about what they taught first and foremost. You think about the way they made you feel when you were in their presence. You think about the way you felt about yourself when you're in their presence. And that that ability is what I call the sound. It has the capacity that internal significance has the ability to resonate with a student and even repel them. So we got to we got to check. We got to do a sound check so often. But that sound check, uh, I unpack that concept in this book with the idea of self-leadership. What can we do to lead ourselves? We talk about aspiring to lead, but that leadership is not imposed on others first. That and that leadership is is a result of what we do. And watch this. It's a result of discipline and nothing disciplines your life more than vision. When you have vision, it becomes the benchmark. It becomes the standard that you hold yourself to and that others can see in you and you can show others from you. We can't do anything outside and separate from vision. So this is why I have the idea that you have to see the sound, see the significance in yourself and in others. And I believe right now in this season that we're in, we talk about teacher shortage, but I think it's a it's a shortage of significance. Many educators feel overwhelmed and undervalued. They feel insignificant. So this book is my effort to pour the significance back into the teachers and thusly pour it back into the profession in a way that teachers can not just read and have a feel good, but have some tangible uh, items that they can use and some powerful nextits so they don't exit the profession. Because at the end of the day, we need educators now more than ever. AI, hey, it's great. It's good. But there's something about the human element. And part of this book is me sharing those concepts and also sharing some of my failures, because at the end of the day, I'm just humanity on display. And I learned a long time ago that any and all of us can make failures just as long as you don't make the fail yours. So how do you recover? How do you recover and keep on going this season? It resides in your ability to see the sound. And uh, I can't wait till this book comes out, man, and, and, and we can start sharing it with people. 
Oh, I can't wait, Mickey. I'll be first in line to be picking that up. And I, I've been talking with you about this concept. I was so excited to hear that you're writing this and I can't wait for it to get out. And then of course, once it drops, I mean, I'm going to be all over social media sharing it out to, to my audience too. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Mickey, I want to touch real quick on your podcast. Mickey, we just real quick touch on the concept of your podcast and why people should be tuning in. Yeah, man. It's called See the Sound. And on this podcast, we interview a number of individuals that all have some connectivity to education, but I'm going to be honest with you. Everybody's not a classroom teacher, but what I've learned a long time ago is that life's better when we band together. And I'm not just saying that because I'm band director. I believe that, that we all have a sound, but together, together that sound is made more powerful. So on this podcast, we speak to doctors. We have a, a first lady of Louisiana who's speaking on this podcast. She is a former educator as well. We have leaders, we have administrators, we have teachers, but the one singular idea is that all of us are more than what we do. And it's so important to stay plugged in to our being in this season of doing. And that's what See the Sound is all about. It's taking stories from people in and outside of the classroom and showing you how you can take those powerful tools and perspectives back to your classroom to add a level of significance that will make you just that significant, more than just a teacher, more than just a subject. It's, it's about life lessons to go with the lesson plans. With every See the Sound episode, we do a little challenge at the end and we do what we call our sound check with each one of our guests. And the sound checks have been really something that has really resonated and struck a chord with our listeners and putting them in a position to ask themselves, what's my sound each and every day? So powerful. So make sure that you check that out. I'm going to have the link in the show notes. So you can head over to your podcast platform, YouTube or joshstamper.com and you'll see the link for Mickey Smith Jr.'s podcast. So powerful. And I can't wait for a potential announcement of the podcast here soon. I won't go dive into that, but I'm just going to put that little teaser out there yeah. uh, for folks to, to make sure that they're following you, Mickey. And we'll talk about how they can do that on social media at the end of our conversation. And before we do that, though, I just want to ask about advice. All right. So a lot of our folks that are listening are either aspiring leaders or one that's current in their position. And I would love for you, you know, we've talked about life plans and action plans, but if there's one piece of advice that you give them to enhance their leadership journey tomorrow or next week, what would that be? Be three words. Keep on going. Nice. And, and I say that because a lot of times people think that that's, that's a rah-rah motivator, but the truth is motivation gets you started, but it's your habits that help you to keep on going. So when I say keep on going, it's it's a reminder that you're already enough. You've got everything it takes to win. But I also need you to look within and I need you to ask yourself, what am I doing on a daily basis to make every day a wins day? W-I-N-S. What are those things that I'm doing? What's the framework for my phenomenal? What am I putting in place to be my own self's best hope? Because at the end of the day, Everything we need is already within. How are you going to win if you're not right within? And I think part of knowing what that is, is doing that self sound check with yourself every day, having that vision, 
that intentionality, that consistency. And most importantly, staying in the band, staying in the ensemble, staying connected, staying in community, because we can't do this thing alone. But the good news is life's better when we band together. So my three words are simply keep on going. Well, Mickey, I'm so glad that I consider you a bandmate and one that keeps me going. So super excited about all of the endeavors that you've got going on. So for those who are listening and they want to connect with you, maybe they want to know exactly when the book's coming out. Maybe they want to know when a podcast episode is coming out or maybe just to bring you in as a keynote speaker. How can they connect with you on social media or on a website? Oh, it's so simple. Anywhere, any social media platform, Mickey Smith Jr. on the website, MickeySmithJr.com. So easy to remember it goes like this. M-I-C-K-E-Y-S-M-I-T-H-J-R.com. You can find it anywhere. Look for Mickey Smith Jr. and look for the red. You can't go wrong. Man, I was having flashbacks a couple weeks ago taking my family to Disneyland. It was amazing. <laughs> so now I'm going to have that stuck in my head all day. And I appreciate that because it's perfect for my listeners to, to find you on social media and on that website. But again, if you forget or maybe you're driving, you need to come back to it. Just go to joshsamper.com. All of the links for Mickey will be there. His website, his social media stuff. And like I said, follow both of us because once that book comes out, I mean, we're going to be blasting out like crazy, uh, celebrating. And so Mickey, uh, I'll probably have to have it back on just to talk Love about the to. book yes. specifically and to do a deep dive. My time with you is always something that I, I value. And I just appreciate you not only as an educator and as a family man, but as a friend. And thank you for all the many things that you're doing in education around this country. Man, and thank you for everything that you're doing as well. And I appreciate and value our relationship. It's uh, it's just a reminder again that how important life moves at the speed of relationship. And let's not forget that, you know, as we go through teaching, we, we need one another. So to all my educators out there, continue to keep going, make your classroom sound, make your teaching epic. And I promise you, your legacy will be significant, but only if you keep on going.